from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Washington Watch. It is Election Day. I'm sure if you are a regular member of the Washington Watch audience, you've either already voted or you're on your way there now. Remember, if you've not yet voted, we have a great resource for you. It's a voter guide. It's a individual tailored voter guide. All you need to do is text the word guide, G-U-I-D-E, to 67742. So maybe you haven't voted yet and you want to head out to the polls before they close. This is a guide to the candidates that will be on your ballot. All you need to do, text the word guide to 67742. You get a link, follow the link over, put in your address, and within moments, seconds, literally, you will have your own personalized voter guide. Now, it looks like the 2022 midterm election could set a new midterm election record in terms of turnout. Prior to the polls opening this morning, an estimated one-third of voters had already cast ballots. That exceeded the early turnout of 2018, which also set a record with 49% of eligible voters casting ballots back in 2018. Now, there have been a lot of predictions uh, going into Election Day in terms of winners and losers who will control Congress, so on and so forth. But I'm also very interested in what messages that citizens are sending with their votes And that's what we're going to be discussing tonight in our Pray Vote Stand Election Night coverage. So I invite you to tune in beginning at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right from our studios here in Washington, D.C. The FRC Action Team will be tracking all the key races and ballot initiatives with real-time updates. In addition to FRC experts that you see frequently on the program, you'll also see some of our frequent guests. We'll have Republican Whip Steve Scalise, Chairman of the Republican Senate uh, Campaign Committee, Florida Senator Rick Scott, Georgia Congressman Jody Heiss, Missouri Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, former Minnesota Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, and uh, many more. Now, you can watch at prayvotestand.org, tonyperkins.com, or any of the Family Research Council media platforms, as well as his channel will be airing it uh, all night, FISM. TV and bot radio network streaming platform on Roku. So just go to TonyPerkins.com and you can find the other sources there. But again, that begins at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. But for now, coming up on this Election Day edition of Washington Watch, what are the issues motivating voters? Now, the polls are indicating that it is the horrible economy. Inflation is up, cost of living, fuel prices, so on and so forth. Now, that may be why Vice President Kamala Harris is talking about abortion. Where we are right now is that our president, Joe Biden, said he will not let the filibuster get in the way of passing the Women's Health Protection Act. We need two more senators to get it done. We got to hold on to the Democrats we have, and we need two more senators to get it done. Yeah, that train's left the station. You know, evidence is emerging that shows the abortion issue became an actual benefit for Republican candidates once they began to go on the offense and expose the extremism of the Democratic Party. We'll talk about that in just a moment with Kansas Senator Roger Marshall. And President Biden was on the campaign trail in Maryland yesterday trying to stir up some dry bones. Today we face an inflection point, one of those moments that comes around every three or four generations. 
We know in our bones that our democracy is at risk, and we know that this is your moment to defend it, preserve or protect it, choose it. Well, three things I know from President Biden's speeches, and I listen to them so you don't have to. Number one, we are at an inflection point in history. Number two, democracy is at risk. Now, I would say our republic is at risk by those using democracy as a cover for their socialist Marxist agenda. And three, we are in a battle for the soul of the nation. And, and I will say, you know what? I agree with the president's assessment of the times. We just disagree on the way forward. But I don't think I'm alone. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo joins me a little later. And finally, I was on a uh, prayer call yesterday with pastors from across the nation that was hosted by Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, I, I may share with you a little later what I told them. But Dr. Carson made clear that elections are important and we must participate. But, but he said, revival is essential to the future of our nation. And I could not agree more. Our prayer should not be for a red wave of conservatism, but a righteous wave of conviction that will sweep across this country, returning us to the Lord. Dr. Ben Carson joins me a little later on this edition of Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. Our word for today comes from Amos chapter 2, verse 4. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. Their lies lead them astray, lies which their fathers followed. You know, Amos was a a farmer. He was called by God to deliver a prophetic message to the northern kingdom of Israel. And uh, he also had a, a word of pending judgment for the surrounding nations, including the southern kingdom of Judah. Now, why was judgment coming to to Judah? Well, unlike the pagan nations, Judah and Israel knew better. They had the word of God. They had been instructed in the way, yet they traded it for a lie, a lie they knew would lead them astray because previous generations had gone down that same path of trading the truth for a lie. The truth doesn't change, nor do the consequences of rejecting that truth. Don't be led astray by the lies of this age. Stand on the truth of God's word. To join us in our daily Bible reading plan, you can find out more about it by going to frc.org Bible. As the president said uh, once again yesterday, the, nas- the nation is at an inflection point, uh, a turning point. Well, let's continue to pray that that is in fact the case. If that change comes, there will be a lot of spin coming out of this city as to the reasons. Certainly, the economy does top the list. But the spin has already started with a number of media outlets here in D.C., The Hill, Politico, and others saying Republicans would have done much better had abortion not been made an issue by the court overturning Roe v. Wade. That, my friend, is spin. Join me now to talk about this and more is Senator Roger Marshall. He is a member of the Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. He represents the state of Kansas, and he is a medical doctor that has delivered more than 5,000, count them, 5,000 babies. Dr. Marshall, welcome back to Washington Watch. And I've missed you. We haven't been able to talk for a while. I know you've been back in the state of Kansas and, and, and about, and you look very comfortable there at home. I, I am. I'm back here at my, my home, and uh, we have some hunting to do tomorrow. So we need to get this election results in because I'm getting up at about 5 a.m. and got to be out setting decoys at 6 a.m. So, But it is great to be home. I got to tell you that. The campaigning's over with. It's time for the game. So your thoughts as we await those election results tonight? 
Yeah, Tony, I'm very optimistic. Uh, we did 10 town halls last week. The weeks before that, we were in Utah, Nevada, Pennsylvania, um, and, and Georgia. And certainly momentum is on our side. Every, every day you could just feel that, grand sw that groundswell. And I would tell you what, the folks at my town halls are angry. They are so angry with Joe Biden's policies. I truly think this election will be a referendum on Joe Biden's radical social policies. Now, no question that the economy, cost of energy, all of that is at the, the forefront of voters' concerns. But you and I spoke before the August break uh, when, you know, the, the, the issue of abortion after the Supreme Court decision, the Democrats thought they had a winning issue. But there was a turning point when Republicans got their footing and they began to challenge the Democrats for their extreme no limit abortion position. Right, Tony. Um, you know, of course, you and I believe life begins at conception. That's what I fought for my whole life was protecting the life of mom and babies. Um, but what America was not aware of was just how this radical position that you're describing by the Democrats. Uh, so we have proposed legislation that would protect life after 15 weeks. Of, of course, we would prefer to protect protect the starting at conception. We're one of just like half a dozen countries in the world that allow abortion beyond 15 weeks when a baby can feel pain, when it recognizes its mother's voice, uh, all, all has fingers and toes, all those types of things. So I think that what we have tried to do is expose this radical position that, by the way, every senator, every Democrat senator has voted in favor of this late term abortion up until the moment right before birth. So that, that's an extreme position. And, and I, that's not where the American people are. So I, I'm just trying to pre prepare our viewers and listeners that, you know, when this election's done, there are going to be those saying, oh, the Republicans would have done so much better had they not had to deal with the abortion issue. I don't believe that. I think the Republicans, once they got their footing and began to say, yeah, look, like, like you, I'm, I'm pro-life from the moment of conception. But I understand we've got to reach consensus in this process. And right now, 60 percent of Americans say that when a baby feels pain, we shouldn't be aborting them. So let's start there. Let's not be where the Democrats are and say birthday abortions. Right. You know, Tony, I've been all over the state, done 110 town halls. I've met thousands, tens of thousands of people, and no one has ever been able to look me in the eye and say they're okay with a baby who could be viable, who could survive outside the womb, and it's okay to rip those arms off that baby and then basically kill it right after the head is delivered. Uh, I mean, I know it's really grotesque to talk about, but that's what the Democrats are in favor of, this late-term abortion. It is radical. That is certainly not con not consistent with traditional Kansas values or American values, but, but certainly the people of Kansas, I can't see ever supporting late-term abortions. So, Senator Marshall, uh, I hear this. I'm sure you've heard it in your town hall meetings. I've been traveling around the country, and one of the things I hear is, is people are looking to the Republicans. They like what they're saying, but there's a little skepti skepticism as to how hard they will fight for these issues they talk about and how strong of a line they will hold against the uh, Biden administration. Yeah, Tony, certainly that would be our top goal is to go in there and stop Joe Biden's radical policies to stop his spending. He's committed over five trillion dollars of additional spending over the next 10 years. I think if we could usurp those dollars back, that's what's going to help stabilize the stock market and stabilize interest rates. That would be the first step. 
And then we have to start rolling back any future spending that he wants to do, roll back his regulation and his taxes, unleash American energy and American agriculture. That'll start driving down the, the cost of, of uh, food and fuel as well. So that's where we have to, have, to, have to start with. Now, we need to be realistic, though. There'll be a lot of this that Joe Biden will veto, but I say let him veto it. Right now, people are starting to tune Joe Biden out, and soon they'll be voting him out as well. So I think, you know, every day I'm getting phone calls, texts from my friends, Rand Paul, Ron Johnson. Uh, you know who the fighters are, and we're ready to go. So do you think there will be a unified Republican uh, conference there in the Senate? Yeah, Tony, I think it will be unified, and I think we've actually done a good job of sticking together. I think that we had, you know, unanimous uh, agreement among Republicans on the major spending issues to stop them. But I want to remind you, one of the reasons that we're Republicans is that we actually can agree to disagree and that there'll be issues that we don't exactly agree how to get there. We agree on the same common goals. But but I think it's OK to have disagreement amongst ourselves and get to a place that we can all fight for. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Uh, we, we, we all have brains given to us by uh, by God. Uh, wow. Always great to see you. I hope you have a, uh, a very productive day hunting tomorrow, Senator. <laughs> Tony, thank you, and I hope we have a productive night here as well. We appreciate your leadership and, and just appreciate your viewers, all those folks that have got out and voted. And it's not too late. I'm sure the, the polls are still open here uh, in some places. So please, that's your patriotic duty. You can't you can't criticize tomorrow if you don't go vote today. You're so absolutely we appreciate right. all your sisters getting out there. All right, Senator Marshall, always good to see you. He's going out tomorrow to hunt ducks. We're going to be talking about the lame duck session probably beginning tomorrow, so you'll want to tune in for that. All right, coming up next, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo joins us. Don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. 
To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldviews monthly newsletter, visit frc.org slash worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. to Washington Watch. Again, if you've not yet voted, there's still time. You need to head out to the polls, but you might want to listen to the rest of the program first. Text the word GUIDE to 67742, and you can get your own personalized voter guide. That's the word GUIDE, G-U-I-D-E, to 67742. You follow the links over, put in your address, and you'll get a personalized voter guide to the candidates. And also, again, tonight, tune in 830 for Pray Vote Stand. Election night coverage. Just go to prayvotestand.org or tonyperkins.com. You know, the damage the Biden administration has caused to America's reputation on the world stage is immeasurable. I mean, the, the, the fingerprints of their ineffective foreign policy are all over. The disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the failure to deter the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, I've from my vantage point in working on the issue of international religious freedom, that has turned 180 degrees, leaving the heads of many national leader, international leaders spinning. We've got a woke military, and then we, we have this inability to stand up to China. Now, with all the domestic issues facing voters, where do these foreign policy and national security issues factor in? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is former Secretary of State and Director of the CIA, Mike Pompeo. He served during the Trump administration. Secretary Pompeo, welcome back to the program. It's great to be back with you, Tony, on this special day. Yes, it is. And we're going to be uh, tracking this very closely, fairly optimistic as we see some of the trends. But I want to ask you about that. You, I know you are out all across the country. In fact, I'm going to be with you in Southern California later this week. Uh, what are you hearing and seeing across America? Uh, thank you. I think uh, we, uh, we're going to have to reconnect. Uh, we lost the uh, secretary there. We're going to go back to him in just a moment. Um, and I also want to tell you, he's got a new book coming out, Never Give an Inch. Uh, it is uh, at his time at the, uh, the, the Secret Service. I, I'm sorry, at the um, CIA. And so we're gonna, I'm going to talk with him about that as well, kind of get, uh, get the take on his book. I think it has just come out. Uh, so as soon as we get him back on, we'll talk about that. We're also going to be uh, discussing what is in store for China and Taiwan. Uh, I want to talk about that. In fact, 
Um, before I do that, though, let me let me go to Brent Kylan. Give us an update on what's happening recently at the polls today, what we're hearing, and what you can anticipate tonight if you tune in for our Pray Vote Stand coverage. Uh, Brent? All right, Brent. So what are we? what's the latest polls? What are the latest polls telling us? You know, Tony, one of the uh, key polls that we're watching right now is the, the generic ballot polling. You know, that's just your, um, your polling that asks, would you support a Democrat or a Republican without a specific candidate on the ballot? Um, the GOP right now is at about plus three in the in the real clear politics average. Um, and if you uh, compare where that was two years ago, the last uh, time we had a, a November election, a- at that point, the Democrats were at about plus seven. So um, we have a swing of about 10 points over the last two years. That's one of the big uh, indicators, one of the key things we're looking at going into the night. Uh, the other uh, couple that I'll mention are some of the key U.S. Senate races. We have places like Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire. I think the Senate is going to come down probably to those five states. And uh, the GOP is trending, uh, that the polling is trending towards the GOP in all five. The GOP is actually winning in the real clear politics average in four of the five. So those are those are a few of the key indicators in, in polling mm-hmm. our polls that we're, we're watching tonight. Well, and we'll see how accurate those polls are, because as I often say, polls Polls don't vote, people do, and it's important that people go out and they actually vote. So, folks, can you'll be a part of tonight's election coverage. Folks can tune in at 8.30 Eastern time. Uh, they can vote. They can tune in to prayvotestand.org or TonyPerkins.com or uh, also at his channel. We'll be carrying this as well. So, Brent, I will be seeing you a little bit later. Sounds good, Tony. Thanks. All right. We have Secretary Pompeo, I think, now by phone. Secretary, are you with us? Yes, I'm, I'm here, Tony. Sorry about that. That's all right. So what uh, I was asking you, what you are hearing and seeing as you've been traveling across the country. Tony, much like you've seen, I've seen people from uh, every state, every county, uh, seriously engaged in reclaiming the greatness of America. Uh, they can see what's happening in their own families. Uh, things are more expensive. Uh, their schools are becoming a dangerous uh, battlefields, uh, transgenderism, CRT, uh, walking away from uh, faith uh, and becoming more secular. They can see all those things. That they're, about, they're, they're about to today take this back on behalf of America and their families. They're highly energized, uh, can see that their lives are not as good as they were just 20 months ago or 22 months ago, and I think they're going to vote for change. You, you mentioned the, 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 the current environment economically. And that's, I mean, there's no denying the fact where you've got eight plus percent uh, increase in inflation. You're paying, you know, nearly $5 a gallon for gasoline, depending on where you live or what you drive. Uh, If you drive diesel, it's over $5. And, you know, those are, those are factors. You can't put food on the table and gas in the tank. But you also pointed out, and this is where I think the spin is going to come in after tonight, that the moral, the social, those issues had nothing to do with it. But that's not what I'm saying. No, it's uh, p- people can feel it in terms of their, their money lasting to the end of the month, but they can also see that there's a, a set of leaders in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill and in the White House, who don't return to the Judeo-Christian heritage of our country, who don't think about uh, the nation is having a noble founding and instead suggests somehow there's an oppressor class and we are a racist country. 
uh, and don't support our friends in Israel, but rather undermine America's place on the world stage. I think people can feel that walking away from the understandings that have built communities of faith and built families, and they're, they're exhausted by it. They can see this as extremism, and they're not going to stand for it any longer. Well, and I think they understand that that's the source of our strength. It is a, a large part of our identity, but it is a source of our strength and our ability to, to stand firmly on the world stage. Because without that foundation, you know, we're tossed to and fro from, uh, from every wind that blows away the, our way. All right, uh, Mr. Secretary, we're up against a break. But coming back, I want to talk about your new book out, Never Give an Inch. It's about your time at the CIA. So we want to talk about that next. So, folks, don't go away. Secretary Mike Pompeo, we continue our conversation with him on the other side of the break. And again, let me remind you tonight, beginning at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we will have Prevote Stand election night coverage. You can watch it at prevotestand.org, TonyPerkins.com, at his channel, Roku, with uh, bot streaming. So a lot of places. Be sure and tune in. Don't go away. We're back after this. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Again, be sure to tune in tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for Prevote Stand Election Night coverage. My guest in this segment, continuing our conversation with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for, uh, for sticking with us. Now, you got a book coming out in January, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. Tell us about it. Tony, you've seen uh, in your time watching governments come here and go, if you begin to round the corners on things that matter most, not that you can't compromise on 
you know, the level of particular matter, something like that. But on the things that matter, the protection of the unborn, uh, standing behind the, the found, founding ideas of our country, if you give even an inch, they will take a foot and indeed a mile. You can see it in our woke military today. You can see it in the Green New Deal. These, these are things that we, we tried to find common ground and then just walked over the, the animating ideas that have made America so great. And so Never Given Inch talks about how for four years we delivered on behalf of the American people by putting the first and then the subtitle, right, The America I Love. It's the America you love too, Tony, and it is worth fighting for. I know there's days when people get frustrated and anxious, but this fight, this fight to preserve the American way of life and our heritage, our cultural heritage here in the United States matters an awful lot. And it is America I love worth fighting for, and I'm proud of the work we did for my four years, first as CI director and then as secretary of state. Well, and you should be. Um, you know, I, I was uh, more than a spectator in being able to work with you in, the, in both roles. But in particular, in fact, just recently someone was asking me uh, something about where was I on January the 6th. And I said, I know exactly where I was at. <laughs> That's right. I was uh, in the inner chambers in the conference room with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and we were actually praying for the nation. Um, and, and, and that is, I think, the source of your strength, but it's also the source of the strength of our nation. As you told me, uh, as we did that several times, we had pastors that would come in and pray, pray for the nation, pray for you, that to your knowledge, that was the first time that that type of uh, prayer had been had taken place in the State Department. I think that's true, and I think that's really sad. And I I'm, I regret that it's likely not happening today. Uh, it was important for me, Tony, personally, to have you and others, uh, uh, believers around, recognizing that these problems were bigger than we were, that we needed to turn to him who gave us all of our rights and gave us the, the dignity that is uh, simply a result of his grace and the fact that he bestowed that on each of us. Uh, and if you don't understand that as a senior leader in the United States government, I don't know how it is you find your way forward. But I also thought it was important for my team to see uh, that we were going to be an American nation first, but that we were never going to walk away from religious freedom and uh, keeping faith in the public square. It was important for American diplomacy. It was important to make America uh, a beacon to the world. And I was incredibly proud. And I hadn't thought about for a bit the fact that on January 6th of 2021, you and a group of pastors were in my office praying for our country, even at that difficult moment. You know, far from being a handicap, I watched that as a strength for you, because I remember, I think, in Cairo was one of your first speeches as secretary of state. And you made very clear that you were a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And my experience, again, as chair of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, I met with a lot of these uh, leaders of Muslim countries and, and other countries. They, they may not agree, but they respect someone who has that type of foundation because they operate. Eighty percent of the world operates from a faith framework. And for you to say, I'm a Christian, that's how I see the world, they actually respected that. You know, Tony, as we sit here today and folks are still uh, finishing up work, going to the polls, or many have already voted, um, America's strength has always been uh, that it is a place of religious diversity. Um, but leaders around the world respect others who are disciplined in their faith, even if it's different from their own. And you, the work you did at USERF, the, the work that the administration did uh, helping Christians in Nigeria and in northern Iraq and protecting Muslim Uyghurs in China – 
all across the world, making sure that people of faith had the capacity to exercise their faith the way that they intended and they wanted to was something that was really important to us as an international matter. But as we saw during COVID, when we had churches shut down, it matters an awful lot here at home. We have to protect it with enormous energy, enormous vigor. And I actually think folks today who go to the polls and vote are going to support those candidates who understand why that matters so much to making America the incredibly special place that it is. Uh, Secretary, it's it's hard to to really fathom how much ground has actually been lost when it comes to religious freedom, both domestically and from the standpoint of our promotion of that abroad. I mean, a lot was accomplished in the Trump administration, a lot. Can we recover that? Oh, of course. But it's going to take uh, the American people demanding it and then uh, those leaders obeying, obeying both the, the, the folks who elect them and obeying uh, Jesus, understanding the commandments that he laid down for us. And, you know, there are many leaders that aren't Christian, that come from other faiths. But to, to walk away from who you are, the, the, the views that shape you as a human being, just because you entered public service, is an enormous disservice to our country and to your responsibilities. I, I do think we can get it back. I think today will be a, a, a good marker. It'll move us towards that further. Uh, but in the end, Tony, you know this is something that we all have to continue to work on, to be diligent about, to prioritize, to speak about very openly and clearly, and and make known our understanding that this matters to the United States. That's right. We've got to pray, we've got to vote, and we've got to stand, as we say here Amen. at FRC. Mike Pompeo, always great to talk with you. I will see you in Southern California on Thursday night. We'll see you in just a couple days. Thank you, Tony. Bless you. Have a great day. And everyone who has a vote, go out and get it done. All right. Uh, Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, Director of the CIA, and Congressman from the state of uh, Kansas as well. New book coming out in January. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. Look, as believers, as, as followers of Christ, when we advocate for these biblical principles, everyone benefits. And we're going to talk about that next with Dr. Ben Carson. As he joins us right after the break. Don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. 
with just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Welcome back to Washington Watch. All right, one more time. If you've not yet voted, there's still time, so head out to the polls and you can get your own personalized voter guide on the way, a voter guide of the candidates. Simply text the word GUIDE, G-U-I-D-E, to 67742. That's 67742, the word GUIDE. And by the way, you can share that with family and friends if they haven't voted, but do it quickly. We don't have much time left, and your vote matters. I guarantee you tonight when we look through this, and it'll probably be tomorrow or the next day or the end of the week, but we will see some races, probably some school board races that were decided by one, two votes. I I can assure you, because things are so evenly divided in this country. There's this ideological divide. It's a spiritual divide. And, And we need to be praying. We need to be voting. We need to be standing for that truth. And yesterday, along those lines, I was uh, grateful to participate in a National Faith and Values prayer conference call that our uh, good friend, Dr. Ben Carson, hosted, in which he called for revival and awakening in America. Now, let that sink in for just a moment, because we just heard from former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo talking about how, as Christians, we need to be open and how he was as Secretary of State and how important that was. And we have Dr. Ben Carson, who was the Secretary of HUD, under the Trump administration, under President Trump, who's, and he said this all along, he said this when he was there, I worked with him, revival. It's the spiritual nature of man that we need to touch. I am in 100% agreement. In fact, I shared with the pastors and leaders yesterday a passage from 1 Kings 18 where the prophet Elijah had this epic confrontation with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. But before confronting the false prophets, he confronted the people of Israel who had one foot in the Hebrew faith and one foot in the worship of Baal. And he called them to choose. In verse 21, he said, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But it said the people answered him not a word. See, This is what I believe the prophetic pulpits of America should be challenging the followers of Christ with. If the Lord is truly God, then follow him. Follow him with all of your heart. If the world has the answers, then follow in the way of the world. 
But I believe it's time we stop living with one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world. God is calling us to have two feet firmly planted in his kingdom, living by his principles right here where he has placed us. Joining us now to talk more about this and what he sees on the horizon is Dr. Ben Carson. He's former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. He's a 2016 Republican presidential candidate and a pioneering former director of pediatric neurosurgery at Johns Hopkins. He is now the founder and chairman of the American Cornerstone Institute, Cornerstone Institute, and a great American and a great friend. Dr. Carson, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you so much. And, and, and thank you for participating yesterday in the call. Uh, with President Trump and with the many faith leaders and thousands of listeners, we got such great feedback about how how inspiring that was to so many people. And as you correctly note, I mean, we definitely need to be thinking about a revival in this nation. Uh, our foundation is Judeo-Christian, and you know, loving our fellow man and uh, being obedient. Uh, to the commandments of God. And look what happened. We went from a bunch of ragtag militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time. That was no accident. That was because we tried, didn't always succeed, but we tried to live in a Judeo-Christian fashion. Now, that's not a new message for you. I mean, you had that same message when you were Secretary of HUD. That was the same message that you had before you came into government, back when you spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast. But let me ask you this, and I know you travel a lot because I kind of keep up with you and, and sometimes come in in your wake as I'm coming in someplace you've already been there, uh, and people are disappointed to hear me after they've heard you. But l- let um, me ask you this. Do you think that message people are starting to connect, that they realize that there is a spiritual deficit in our nation and we have to address that? I think things have gotten so bad so rapidly that people are seeing that. You know, sometimes it has to be pretty dark before people can see the light. And uh, it's gotten dark quickly. And I think they're recognizing that as we move away from our values, uh, we're becoming much meaner to each other. You know, we don't love our neighbor anymore. Uh, and look what's happening to some of the young people. They grow up with a sense of themselves being the only important ones and no one else. You would have to be thinking that way in order to engage in some of these mass murders and some of the violence that we see in the streets. And uh, it's going to be incumbent upon each one of us to use our spheres of influence to stem the tide. If we just stand back and let it continue, it will get worse. But herein lies the problem. I think we know the solution, but people lament that incivility that we see. And, of course, even worse than that, as you just pointed out, these mass murders. But we throw out morals and values out of the the public square and we say, oh, don't bring that stuff in here. How do we expect people to live in a civil manner or in such a manner that they love their neighbor as themselves if we have denied the very source of love to them? Well, you know, before 1963, the Ten Commandments used to hang up in most public schools, and we took them out. What's wrong with thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not envy? 
you know, all those things, if you take them out, what do you have left? Thou shalt do those things. And look what's happening to our society as a result of that. I think we need to actively be involved in bringing a sense of morality back to our country. You know, it was John Adams who said that our Constitution was designed for a moral and religious people and is totally inadequate for the governance of any other. That should tell us something. Right. And that coupled with what we're seeing should tell us something. And, 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 he, and by the way, he made that speech to the militia up in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, so there, there's a, even a greater danger here because in this moral, spiritual vacuum, if you will, something else can, and, and, and you have warned, is beginning to fill this void. I mean, there's this uh, suppression of the freedom of speech, but what you're saying is, what you've been saying, and I agree with you, by the way, that there's this communist ideology <laughs> that is quietly seeping into the fabric of our government through our education and, and through the federal government. That's that void that's been created when you push out morals and values and, 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 a, and an idea that God created us, all this other stuff can come in. And you, you can see the seeds being sown in our young people uh, through things like critical race theory, teaching white kids that they're oppressors and that all of their ancestors are oppressors, teaching minorities that they're victims. Now, if you stop and think through that logically, how is that going to create harmony and peace in the society? All that's going to do is create more friction. And as Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I think a large part of the transition of our nation involves pitting people against each other on the basis of, of race, religion, political affiliation, gender, age, you name it. And it's been extremely effective. And they fully recognize that if you can divide us, you can control each yeah. of the divisions. And that's what's happening. We've got to be smarter than that. I, I want to play a clip um, from President Biden last night. Um, he was in Maryland at a DNC rally. Uh, play clip number five. Today we face an inflection point, one of those moments comes around every three or four generations. We know in our bones that our democracy is at risk, and we know that this is your moment to defend it, preserve or protect it, choose it. A lot that the president says I disagree with, but there's some phrases and some statements he makes, like that we're in the battle for the soul of our nation, uh, that democracy, I would say the republic, is at, at risk. I mean, it, it is true. I mean, we are at an inflection point. We're at a point where if we don't change, if we don't turn back to those founding ideas and principles that you talked about that our founders built this country upon, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. And I think, unfortunately, the president seems to always be pointing the finger at somebody else rather than looking in the mirror. And, uh, you know, we all need to look in the mirror. We all need to recognize that we are all imperfect and that that's why we need a savior. And that was such an important part of who we were. Uh, we recognize that. But uh, when you become self-righteous and uh, then you start adopting some of the tactics 
of Marxist, where you blame everybody else, not only blame them, but demonize them. Right. And start persecuting them. You know, this is the way it always starts. So all you have to do is go back and look through your history books. Now, based upon what you said yesterday in that prayer call with uh, leaders and, and probably what you've said here today and what you've said uh, on other interviews that you've been on and events that you've done with the Family Research Council, you you probably could be described as a white Christian nationalist, uh, <laughs> according to the, to the left. What is behind, in your opinion, the use of that term? Uh, I think it's all about intimidation. Uh, you know, it's it's the same as the, the claim of racism. And people don't want to be called that. So rather than continuing to be aggressive in their stance, they back up into their little corner and put their head down and hope no one calls them nasty names. You know, Jesus said, if you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. Now, that doesn't mean that we should be looking for persecution. We shouldn't. Uh, and we should be respectful of others, and we should be respectful of the law. But we should never compromise our principles for the sake of peace. Yeah, I, you are absolutely right. And, and here's my take on this, is I think in the Trump administration, I mean, there were so many members of his cabinet who were Bible-believing Christians who actually— uh, one cabinet member one time quipped that the president may not be a Sunday school teacher, but he sure knows how to hire him because almost everybody in his cabinet had taught Sunday school at some point in time. And that really kind of gave encouragement to believers around the country to engage, to live out their faith. And we saw some real change taking place. Now, I think it it needs to go deeper into a personal spiritual side. So I don't think our solutions, I, I want to be very clear. I don't think America's salvation comes from Washington, D.C. or any public policy. But right. we, we create space for people to live out their faith, to help their neighbors, to love their neighbors, to share the truth with their neighbors when our policies reflect that. And I think that's what we saw in the Trump administration. And so that's why I think we're seeing now this intensity of the labeling of Christians, the marginalizing of them, and even the, the, the legacy media keeping them off the airwaves so that they're not unified in messaging and they're not, uh, you know, realizing that they are, in fact, making a difference. Oh, I think we uh, I think we lost him there. I know he had something. Uh, we'll get him get him back here real quick. Uh, again, folks, uh, be sure and tune in tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be talking about a lot of these same issues tonight as we start getting in the election results. Again, just take in what you have heard on today's program. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Secretary of HUD, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, two men, two among many who were very open about their faith, and and they brought it into their role. Now, did it detract from their role? No. It added to their role. It gave them a sense of compassion and understanding that each human being has worth, not because the government assigns it to them or they were assigned worth at their birth. They were assigned worth because they were created in the image of God. And so... That's so important. And I think that's what this backlash is about. The media, the left, they don't want to see a repeat of what we had four years ago 
with Christians in government. Were we able to get the secretary back? All right, let's bring Dr. Carson back in. Oh, all right, we don't have him yet. Okay, now we have him. Dr. Carson, (laughs) all right, we got you. Yeah, I I was just, you know, mentioning how they're trying to replace faith in God with faith in government and how it's going to be so vitally important for those of us who are believers to be willing to stand up for what we believe in. Uh, That is really going to be the key to saving our nation. And I believe that people are ready to do it now, now that they've been able to see the difference between an administration and a group of leaders who place their faith in God and a group who place their faith in government. And they can see the difference, but we have to be the ones who help to cultivate that sense of who we are as a people. Well, and Dr. Carson, I want to just thank you for leading the way on that. You modeled that when you were at HUD and before. Uh, You've never been ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, I want to thank you for that leadership. And I want to thank you for joining us today. It's always great to see you. And, folks, I want to thank you for joining us as well. We're out of time, but we'll be back tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, PrayVoteStand.org for Prayvote Stand election night coverage right here. So be sure and tune in. If you're on the watching on his channel, you can watch right there. Also, uh, Bot Radio Network on Roku on their streaming platform. So tune in, be a part of tonight's Prayvote Stand election coverage. Until next time, let me leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, You've done everything you can do when you've prayed, when you've prepared, when you've taken your stand. By all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.